Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast uh, with Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. For the very best in tactical and athletic shoes and boots, head over there. Use the code MAXIMUS20, buy yourself some boots, a pair of Maximus shoes, and you will be set. Next, NITOR Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com. Uh, it's one of the best whey proteins on the planet. Uh, what do they say, Joe? You, you know this better than me. No gas, no clumping, no sawdust. Hey, you um, nailed it. Super easily. I'm glad I got that without yeah. a script. But uh, <laughs> easily digestible, uh, and, and the shit really works. Um, mixes really well, tastes good. So go get yourself a bag of night or protein. Uh, and now our bills are paid, so we can get to the show which is part two with dana santis if you have not if you're just finding the podcast now you need to go back an episode because yeah. i wouldn't want to miss uh, a word of what uh this this woman you know says she really mm-hmm. is uh world renowned in the area of mobility and breathing i think she is the person when it comes to this stuff uh, I, i'd be willing to proclaim her the goat of mobility <laughs> if you will for all you people that live under a rock goat is uh look it up but uh we we would say that uh how, how would we put this because she is a sports fan mm-hmm. um in in terms that she would appreciate uh michael jordan he's like the the dana santis of basketball there you go that's, exactly that's how we would right. put that yeah do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you know, so that would be a that would be a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, listen to what she has to say. Go back to the uh, previous episode mm-hmm. uh, and then come back here. But uh, this episode is great. Lots of useful information. Yeah. No. So I don't know. Ready, if, folks. Notepads I, I, ready. Joe, you know, I'm going to stop you there. I don't know if kids use notepads these days. I think notepads are like a it's like when I tried to show my kid a cassette recorder. He had no clue what to do with it. Or <laughs> well, let me, he, he let, me actually, let me make a make an argument for notepads because studies have shown that writing in blue ink on a yellow notepad for some reason you actually retain information better than if you're typing it on a laptop is this like one of our bullshit studies no, about this the is, shoes this is, and the protein i, or is I, this I, like I a wish real i thing? had footnotes available in a podcast format because that's an actual thing that that's actually true 
All right, because I feel like you're setting me up. Like I said, I tried to show <laughs> tried to show my kid a, a cassette recorder. I, I showed him a VHS tape too, and he's like, "Dad, why did this is so lame? Why was this even this? invented?" <laughs> you know. Um, but without further ado, here is part two with Dana Santos. I think the more that people start to understand that breathing is posture, because we're we're so focused on posture, right? Right. That, because you can see on, that, right? right. Like if you someone's hunched it. over, yeah. you can see it. But your rib cage takes up almost fifty percent of your axial skeleton, and your rib cage is the main component of your posture. And I'll say it again, like a broken record: the the thing that dictates the movement pattern that dictates the position of your rib cage is your breathing. Because if you're a shallow chest breather, you're going to go into extension, you're going to protract your rib cage because you're going to have to be pulling, using all of these like anterior shoulder, upper back, neck muscles to pull your rib cage up to breathe because you can't use your, your diaphragm. So yeah, I think if people start to look more at breathing and posture being synonymous, then we'll pay a little bit more attention to that. But then this whole everybody is getting, okay, you should just breathe. Calm down. You need to breathe. You need to breathe. But too many people don't know how. And so one of the common things, and it still happens in strength and conditioning, and actually Mike Boyle had a really neat post on this like a few months ago. Um, And I don't comment on a lot of his stuff because so many people comment, but I had to throw my hat in the ring on this one. But he was talking about how we used to think that when you needed to breathe, what was the position that we would tell athletes to take to breathe? Put your hands up behind your head. What did we just do to our rib cage? We put ourselves into extension. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you feel, but everybody's like, oh, you're opening up your chest. Right. But what you're doing is inhibiting your diaphragm, so you're not really making it so you can take a decent breath. The way that we should be actually holding ourselves to take a decent breath is more in a flexed position. Mm. So hands on the knees, yeah. But well, then, that's what you want to do naturally, and then your coach comes running by and is like, no, no, stand up, hands on your head, and you're like, I can't breathe. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that's we've got to start to get people to understand how it really works and that, that rib mobilization. Like I am, as much as some of the people that I really respect still talk about belly breathing, I'm a big opponent to talking about belly breathing because for people who aren't as up on true anatomy and biomechanics as we are, there are people who don't understand that you're not literally breathing into your belly. That if you have air in your stomach, that's something <laughs> that's completely different. That's yeah, it, if somebody says know? belly breathing, you should just belch right, right. in your face, right? But if you were to focus only on pushing your belly out if you were to do that, forget about the breathing, but if I push my belly out, I'm not moving my ribs. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've actually had um, yoga instructors who have taught belly breathing for years and years and years, and they've come to any of my workshops or conferences or whatever, and their ribs don't move at all. And when they inhale, their belly moves. But they're not doing anything other than pushing their belly out. They are mechanically nothing is happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just think they're taking a deep breath, but you know where the breath is because you only have lung tissue where your lungs are. And mostly that breath ends up being chest oriented because what is the hand position that they tend to do too? 
one on your belly and one on your chest. So if you can, we can manipulate it and push our belly out. So we're like, oh, got that, check that box. And then of course, if you're only breathing into your chest, your chest is gonna rise. Great, I'm breathing great. No, you aren't, it's completely dysfunctional. Now, there are some people who do teach correct breathing mechanics, and I believe FMS does still have you put your hand on your chest and your belly, so I don't wanna say that that's always wrong. But I believe that there's a better way to teach it, and I think that putting both hands on your ribs and focusing on a horizontal movement yeah. is going to get rib movement that's better because when the diaphragm contracts, it flattens. And think about the attachment of the diaphragm to the ribs. The ribs moving out really works with that flattening of the diaphragm. And then in order for the diaphragm to dome and relax, you have to create that cage for the diaphragm to come up and dome. Mm -hmm. If your ribs, so if we go back to hands over your head and going into extension, your ribs are flared out, your diaphragm can't relax. So it can't function. Mm -hmm. it, your ribs need to come in, back, and down to create that space. In PRI, we call it the zone of apposition. It's the space for the diaphragm to dome. So just understanding those mechanics, then you know how important rib movement is. And then you can take the emphasis off the belly. But I just think the belly is the wrong Oh, but I, I mean, just in my own mind, thinking about it, like try to, to push your ribs out without also getting that full, like what they would call a belly breath. Like right. it, it's going to happen, but you, you're not, like you said, flexing your abs and trying to stick your, your belly out. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you, so the cool thing is if you do it right, that you don't have to focus on trying to move your ribs out. If you get a good exhalation, so if you get the ribs, when you're training your breathing, we're mm -hmm. not all walking around like really trying to move <laughs> our ribs like it's some kind of accordion, right? right? But when you're training your breathing, if you work on getting a really good exhalation and getting those ribs to come in, back, and down so that that infrasternal angle narrows, mm -hmm. if you get that, then when you inhale it happens automatically. And so then you just ride yeah, your ribs yeah. out. If your hands are on your ribs, you'll feel them move out. You don't have to focus on moving right. them out like that. Yeah. That's why I always say money's in the exhale. You focus on a really good exhale. Right. And so all those times when we're telling people to breathe, we should really just be telling them to exhale. Because if they exhale well, the inhale will be natural. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually have a question then. Go for it. So we're doing a lot of talk on how breathing uh, can affect posture. Yes. How breathing can affect internal, external rotation. One of the things that I used to do when I was in the UFC is we would have, say, five-minute rounds. And if you've ever done anything for five minutes all out, yeah, it, it's, for lack of a better word, it's fucked up. Yeah. Like, it's hard to come back from that. And you have to figure out in a minute how to come back to earth and, and, and recharge. And I got fairly good through a system of, like, breathe in and really deep exhales because yeah. I, I kind of have this thing that I think a lot of people suffocate because they don't exhale enough. You've got to exhale to make room for the mm -hmm. new. Yeah. So I would do this thing and I would do it wrong according, you know, I would have my hands on my head. Now I don't do this ever. Right. I'm kind of more here. In a more of a flex position. Yeah. Breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I also mm -hmm. found there was a, like a psychological link. Like I'd have my brain talk to my heart and be like, Slow down. You're good. Yeah. You're okay because I think people whip themselves into a panic. Yeah. And I think that actually worked more for me 
in the in the breathing the, pattern. Interestingly, that, that's super yeah. similar to what I learned in a, a prison academy. Because we were talking about like what happened. You said there's academy. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, when I was in prison, when I that's what I learned in prison. <laughs> he was a he was a prison guard. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, a that's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, but we were we were actually talking about like the the God forbid there should ever be like a prison riot and you're right. the one guard. Like, well, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to increase your chances of survival? And the first thing was, well, you cannot afford to panic. You've got to be able to think straight, think about where your options are. And they actually taught us, uh, they, they just called it autogenic breathing, in through the nose, out through pursed lips, really focusing on the exhale. And now that kind of makes sense why. Oh, makes perfect So my sense. question to you is, because I'm big on performance. Yes. So I've got an NBA athlete. Mm -hmm. And they are playing, like, you take a guy like LeBron. Because yeah. he plays heavy minutes. And he is sprinting up and down the court, sprinting up and down the court. He's got 45 seconds during a TV timeout to get his shit together. What is the best way to breathe? Like forget external internal rotation to get his breath back to normal. Like what you do work like that. What would you suggest? Because I want to teach this to my people mm -hmm. who are doing intervals because they might have 30 seconds off and it's like, I'm, you're going to Dana says stand like this and this is what you're going to do <laughs> right. so they can feel better. Yeah. I, I, I think more of that flex posture, a posture that's going to facilitate the ribs coming in back mm -hmm. now, facilitate the exhalation and then the inhalation will happen naturally. And then what you said, you both said this, which was perfect, was the inhale through the nose because then you're going to get the benefit of the nitric oxide because... Mm -hmm. Um, NO is expressed through our paranasal sinuses and then it's brought down into our lungs. It's a vasodilator, so that's going to increase oxygenation. So the inhales that you do get, not only are they going to be more functional, but now they're going to be even more optimal because of the nitric oxide. And then, yeah, so it's just positional, getting that decent exhale because the exhale is going to give you the better inhale. Sitting or standing? Um, if, if sitting, if, if sitting is possible, then sitting is fine. Um, I, because then you're also giving your body an overall break, mm -hmm. but, and the focus on exhales and both of you stress that the focus on exhales. So, um, that's, that's it. But I'm not trying to do this. Like, even if I'm here, I'm not trying to go like this. Oh yeah. You don't want, you so want no shoulders. vertical breath okay. and don't worry so much about whether the shoulders are slumped. It's more about rib cage position. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like my rib cage to be pushed back more. I don't want extension. That doesn't mean like, Oh, I, I want somebody to be in hunched like this over. hunched yeah. over terrible position, but it's whatever, whatever it takes. Like hunched over isn't going to hurt you. Um, extension though it's going to work against this, you like yeah, where you I'm extended so just almost standing so yeah. kind of like hands yeah. on my knees, hands on your that's, knees that's what is seems great. natural yeah. why do we fight that and you see yeah. a lot of people do that like when my son gets tired and I'm yeah. bad for this where he'll go like you know I, and if you guys can picture I'm, I'm knees slightly bad hands yeah. on my knees he'll go here and yes. I'm like no 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 stand up put your oh, hands no, on your head perfect. and I'm like okay so yeah. almost just yeah that's it that's it and so, and you can and, do that in a seated position too, right? So, um, I mean, you could go forearms on your knees just like this. And you know, some of the um, opponents of this that commented on Boyle's post, where they were like, "Well, if you're in a like, if you're boxing, you're in a boxing match, and then you know, if you take that kind of stance, then it it looks like weakness." 
and you know you don't want to you don't want to get your opponent psyched up you know because you're weak and i'm like <laughs> yeah i do because then box. they're going to underestimate me <laughs> yeah. yeah because yeah. i'm going to recover better and come out and kick your ass yeah. because you underestimated me so yeah. i think it's great so i i like tangible things that i can go home yes. and do tomorrow that's how right. my brain works like, I'm like, I remember I did. You ever heard of muscle activation techniques? Yeah. It's like ART. I went to see a guy in Toronto because I was desperate. Who was it? Um, Brad Thorpe. He's Sounds really big familiar, into isometrics. Um, and he worked with one of the original guys who developed muscle activation techniques. And I was desperate. And I was like, just fucking fix it. Mm-hmm. And he started explaining all stuff to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, whatever you did, it worked temporarily. Right. I what do I do at home? Like, what's the easiest yeah. thing to do? So I've, I've so I got my hands on my knees, elbows on my knees. I'm trying not to extend the rib cage, breathing in through my nose. Yeah. Are you immediately exhaling, or do you pause for a second? No. If you're gonna pause, pause after the exhale. Um, as much as I, I, I mean, I, and I work with the military um, and box breathing. I know is really popular. Yep. And there's the pause after inhale and the pause after exhale. I think it's fine. It, it has a benefit because it's keeping your mind focused. Mm-hmm. And so it's calming things down. And I'm not saying that you can't go parasympathetic that way. You absolutely can. But I'm all about efficiency. And it's way more efficient for you to be able to go parasympathetic if your pause is after your exhale. Because think about it. If, if you were going to go into fight or flight, let's say I scare the crap out of you right now. What are you going to do? You're going, <gasps> Mm-hmm. So I just inhaled and I paused and that, it put me into extension. It, it, it's, it goes along with becoming sympathetic. It goes along that's, with fight or flight. So that's interesting because I was working with some Navy deep sea divers and people that free dive. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that they do is they like will hang on to a buoy and like almost let themselves go completely like take in air and they practice not panicking trying to hold a breath and their thing was normal people when they hold a breath panic like crazy yes. they yes. had to train yeah. themselves to so they could hold a breath for four minutes yeah, because five they're minutes working against their own physiology mm-hmm. so they had to then mm-hmm. train so that makes sense now in terms of bringing the heart oh, rate yeah in terms of because cool, you have people that will die for they've got to hold their breath for literally yes. four or five minutes so they would almost go into like a catatonic state hanging mm-hmm. onto a buoy where you're like Right. Like almost, and then they would just plunge to the depths and then use the oxygen to get back up. What is to get that heart rate down? Because that's something tangible I could give my guys. Your heart rate's at 120. Let's see how fast you can lower it yeah. mm-hmm. to a certain mm-hmm. thing. Is there like an, it is going to sound like one of these questions that I get that I fucking hate. So I apologize no, in advance. Fine. But how many, how many breaths do I take? What's the optimal thing in 30 seconds? What's the, is it like, Two seconds in, two seconds out. Is no. there a rhythm? I know I don't want to go like this. Right. Like I don't want to yeah. panic breathe and inhibit panic, but is there an optimal rhythm, time, uh, anything like that? So initially that's going to be dependent on what your mechanics are capable of doing. And so what I mean is like how, how much can you actually move your ribs um, because once you have control over your rib movement, you've got a better position of your rib cage, you're going to be able to extend those breaths and it could be a nine second inhale and then 
a 12-second exhale, and then a pause after that. You could end up taking, you know, barely three breaths over the course of a minute. In terms of performance, is is that the thing I want to work up to, though? Like, if, if I a- can... If I can do a nine-second inhale, am I a better breather than a three-second inhale? Like, well, is now, that kind of the... It depends on what you're... Because breathing is... It's it's the key to unlock your autonomic nervous system. So what are we trying to accomplish? So it depends... It's it's kind of circumstantial, right? So okay. it, 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 de- it depends on what circumstances, context... I want my heart rate down. I you just, want your heart rate down. Then yeah, I'm you thinking want, like a, like a fighter. You just finish round one. You got to get ready for round two. I need I need you to get, get my that heart shit rate together down to fight again. Yep. So you're coming from being super amped up. It's <laughs> going to take a long time. So you're going to be focusing on those exhales. You're trying to get longer exhales, and you're going to find that the longer the exhale, then the slower and deeper the inhale that happens after that. And so it'll slow down. But yeah, you, you want to get it as slow My My assumption would possible. be that the more you do that, the better you get at it, the more effective it is. Yes. Probably the like, yes. fewer breaths you're going to need to get on. to. Yeah. So it, it depends on your... It's not something that like, I'm just going to turn it on at the fight. Presumably, and I remember you talking about this at the conference too... This is something like you might practice in the morning. You might practice it at night. You might practice it in the gym when you're yeah. there. It's not something you can just turn on. Because you're almost like, Eve, you're saying, how many breaths do you take in a day? I, I don't even know what the answer to that is. But if you're constantly breathing wrong through the day, you almost can't accept yourself to breathe right, right. when okay. it matters. Yeah, right. Would that be kind of the theory? That's exactly right. That's why, that's why we work on training our breathing so that... It's better when we're on autopilot so that it's better. Because if if you have a crappy breathing pattern that's shallow and chest-oriented, you could be taking up to 24,000 breaths a day when more ideally you want to be in that 18,000 wow. range. Yeah. So there's a big difference there. And then um, there, there are so many different ways that you can leverage that longer, deeper breath to get you into that parasympathetic state because you have to be parasympathetic to sleep well, right? Mm-hmm. So you you can use it as a, a tool to go to sleep. And if you think about athletes, I mean, you know, like your schedules, your travel, your everything's all messed up. Your circadian rhythms are messed up. So you've got to, just like your example of the, the deep sea divers, like they have to fight physiology. So if your circadian rhythms are messed up because you keep changing time zones and different times of day for your games or your fights or whatever it is, when you're trying to sleep or you're trying to take a nap, leverage your breathing to unlock your autonomic nervous system and get what you need out of it. And, and, and is the exercise, I mean, to bring your heart rate down, would it be a similar exercise right before bed yeah, to get yourself absolutely. to sleep better? Yeah. Is it always, I guess, the same protocol? Like, is there one right way to breathe? And a bunch of wrong ways, or are there different breathing techniques you use for different purposes? So you could use different, like this, and, and I'm not going to claim that I'm super familiar with Wim Hof because it kind of goes counter to most of the context that I use. But Wim Hof is is really um, invigorating your nervous system, right? And again, we're kind of working against or leveraging our physiology, leveraging our breath to change our physiology. That's how you can go up a mountain in your underwear, you know, like you're familiar with the Wim Hof stuff. That's not a goal for me, but again, that's an example of how you can leverage breathing in that way. And you have some athletes who are kind of low key. This is 
not the norm, but it does exist. And so they tend to be kind of low key and they need to amp up before they go play. We're not going to be trying to get them Mm -hmm. to take the longest, deepest breaths, right? We're going to try to get them to have a more energized breath. We don't want to get them to hyperventilate, but we know that we can change their heart rate that way. We know that we can start to change their physiology that way. Um, so there, there is different contexts, but for the most part, we're trying to mobilize ribs and get a functional diaphragm so that when they need to downregulate, they can. Um, I use that breathing bridge exercise superset with big lifts. So, cause I do work with some lifters and I like to lift myself. And so I know firsthand that you're not going to get after a big lift where you've supercharged your nervous system, you're not going to go parasympathetic by doing a set of breathing bridge where you do the long, deep breaths, but you are gonna reset your posture and you're going to help your body and your energy system regenerate so that now when you go back to the bar, you're way better, like- So you're speaking my language. You can test, <laughs> yeah, you can test this and like. you're gonna feel a huge di- a huge freaking difference. And sometimes I get lazy and I'm too amped up about my lift and maybe in between lifts, I wanna check Instagram instead. But I, it's a disservice to myself when I yeah. do that because if is, I- Is there some kind of online resource you have? Like, can I go to your YouTube and be like, breathe like this to lift better, breathe like this to sleep, breathe like this to- Bring your heart rate down. And if um, not, can you make me one and put it in my Dropbox? <laughs> That's the next question. You know, it's really, it's really interesting that you talk about putting it in those buckets like that. I've never, I mean, I've talked about this anecdotally and I've also, you know, when I, when I, um, do presentations, these questions come up and I answer them like this and I'm trying to think in my, cause I have an online course, breathe better 101. Um, And I talk about the context in terms of like how you can use the different breathing drills. So I do have slides. Yeah, and I'll send you a link to the Breathe Better 101. You don't have to pay for it. Ooh, thank you. But But, just for you. But my brain works. Yeah, yeah, my brain works like, okay, I'm about to lift. I need the shit that Dana taught me to lift this better. Yes. And how do I recover? Like I like situational, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, almost like, hey, here's one. Programming. Yeah. Here's right? one quick yeah. tip. You're having a hard time sleeping. Here's your breathing exercise. Yes. Go. Mm-hmm. You want to be better at recovering between sets. Here's how you're going to breathe. You want to come down after a lift. Here's how you're going to breathe. Like yeah, you want to get things. ready for a lift. Here's, yeah. how, to get ready. here's yes. how to breathe. Like your kid's too calm. Make them do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to fire, up, fire yes. them up. Yeah. So it's not, it's all of that information is in there. It's just um, organized a little bit differently because I introduce each of the exercises. I go over them, the breathing exercise, and then at the end I show a programming slide. So then I explain how you use it. If you were using, could it be superset with a lift? So and we're going to get so, you like co-author yeah. credit when she writes this yeah. book. No, 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 but, <laughs> no, but, I but feel, this exists. I so it exists. It's just in that I, I have it on a programming slide. So I explain how you can program each exercise. So I explain mm. the context for how to use it. Um, yeah. So that is in there for sure. Cause with my athletes, like it's actually funny for such high level people, mm-hmm. you get people that seem cerebral to me. Like Kobe Bryant seems cerebral. I think he's going to take your course and be like, pick it apart. Yeah. A lot of other guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. D- what do I do to just go to sleep? Right. Like they're mm-hmm. almost like, and I come from that place 
where I'm like, whoa, that now I'm starting like now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, I want to know all the secrets. Yeah. But it's like, how do I go to sleep? What's yeah. like the one thing I do mm-hmm. in in 30 seconds? Because I feel like what you said with athletes and their busy schedules, I don't have two hours to like read a slide. I don't have two hours to. It won't take about. It's not going to take you two hours say, to read it a does, slide. It Come does on. actually take no, about right. two hours. But there's, yeah. like, <laughs> it does. there's <laughs> exercises. It's like, what's the thing I can do right now? Because right. the other thing that like actually got me, you know, really interested in you is I'm big on who has hired you mm-hmm. and like what results you get. To be honest right. with you, and it's like this is might be a terrible attitude, but if like. The girl down at the yoga studio is like, breathing can help. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And then you're there and you're like, I've worked with the Blue Jays. I've worked with the Phillies. I've worked with Cleveland. I've, I'm going to the Mamba Academy. Holy shit. Okay. I, I just, I don't know what you do, but you're, you're on my team. Well, when I say beyond, do you know what I just mean? Because yeah. it's like, a, like, like everybody needs this, not just yeah. athletes. Right. And, and I would say if, if you had to choose a population where breathing dysfunction is probably the most prevalent, it's probably the non-athletic. You know, it's the people who've been sitting desk jobs their whole lives and doing shallow chest breathing who could even benefit from this more. Now, do you do, because um, I'm sure after like the type of people that listen to this, they're going to be like, we need her yeah. in our life. So do you do private seminars? Do you, I mean, I know you do a lot of speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you have your own seminars, your own education program? Where would yeah. I, like what I'm trying to get at is like, how can people get access to this stuff? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I do, I, well, I have that online course that I told you about. I have a certification program that's coming out um, mm. by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But then I also, I, I do in-service training with different facilities. So I'll go in and... I'll create a customized program for that facility for all of their coaches and trainers. Or oh, wow. like I told you, I work with military and first responders and tactical athletes. So um, I have an ongoing role with the Fairfax um, Criminal Justice Academy in Fairfax, Virginia. And so I go in and I spend an entire day and it's awesome. The SWAT team is there and um, detectives, uh, patrol wow. officers and and um, and so the program I created for them is specific to them, um, but it's the same fundamental information. It's just packaged. That's why when you asked, you know, is it is my stuff sports specific? And I always say the marketing part is. So mm-hmm. the way that mm-hmm. I explain it is. Well, you got to speak the language of right, the audience. The language right? yeah. of the audience, but it otherwise it's still the same information. And mm-hmm. then I do want to because you you kept talking about um, going to sleep. I and this is such an easy thing that anybody can do. Ooh. I want to explain um, this one because I include this in my presentations too and in, in the online course. But this it doesn't need to be in a course. Um, everybody's heard of counting sheep to go to sleep. Right. And I have nothing against I, sheep. I count dumbbells. Yeah. Right. Just so we're clear. And I definitely have nothing <laughs> against dumbbells, right? right. <laughs> but count your breaths instead. And so um, it's a really simple technique. And then layered on top of that is a, a very, very simple meditative technique is counting backwards. Because we're not mm-hmm. as accustomed to counting backwards, especially from bigger numbers. So it has to focus your brain. And so a lot of times we've got all that bullshit, the hamster on the wheel that's not mm-hmm, letting us go mm-hmm. to sleep. So you focus on start, I usually start at 20 if I have someone who's sleep deprived because they'll fall asleep before they get back to one. But on average, if you're not sleep deprived, I want to say that it's 
12 to 14 minutes that it takes mm. someone who's not sleep deprived to actually fall asleep. And is it the same thing with the ribs? Like you don't want to be open? You... Well, I don't have people focus too much on that. And, and I, I want to assume that they've already been working on training the breathing during the day. So don't worry so much about the rib It's like movement. lay your head on the pillow. Lay your head on bed. the pillow. Be comfortable. Um, it, you could be on your side. If you're a side sleeper, that's fine. What I want is a focus on longer exhales than the inhales, um, but it, but restful exhales. Don't worry about bringing your ribs together mm-hmm. so much. Just I want the longer exhale. And then when you inhale, you're going to envision the number. So instead of the sheep or the dumbbell, <laughs> uh, you're going to see the number 20 when you inhale. And then as you exhale, you, it can like disintegrate. It can blow away, whatever it is. But I want you to stay focused on the number goes away when I exhale. When I inhale, the next number shows up. When I exhale, and I've had guys tell me, you know, I, I last number I remembered was 16, and I started at 20, and wow. you know, but if you lose count of the number um, because you started thinking about something else, it's you're a human being, it happens, you have to start over. So if you started at 50, you're gonna go back to 50, but it's fine because you won't remember. You'll never remember coming back to one because yeah. you'll fall asleep. It works. Wow. Well, I, I imagine, too, if you're really just focused on, on good quality breaths and a long exhale, the count will get longer and longer yes. and longer. Yeah. And that is, I know that's been, been shown to be really useful in getting that, that response, your nervous yeah, system we, we actually do an exercise at my gym called breathing ladders. It's like kind of a mm-hmm. similar thing where you do an exercise like a kettlebell swing, something that's going to create some oxygen demand. It's like a big body mover. And you do one rep, you put the kettlebell down. You get one breath. You do two reps. And then your rest only lasts two breaths. Three reps, yeah. you get three breaths. Four reps, four breaths. Well, what eventually happens is you have to do the reps at a constant cadence. So eventually right. you do one, two, three, four. You do 20, you put it down. Now all of a sudden you're like... Right. And you have to fight to try and like slow down the breath and it, the workout stops when you can't do the work on a cotton cadence or there's not enough breaths in your rest to continue. And we do that to try and teach people about panic breathing Mm -hmm. and learning to breathe slower. Cause like what you say, there are guys, we put one of the divers through it and his first breath, he rested four minutes. (laughs) What the fuck is... Oh That's my god, hilarious. like this is like okay, you don't need to do right? this. But what you That's find, an anomaly for yeah. sure. But yeah. what you find is people will be able to because they can breathe longer. Yeah. They get super saturated. And what you have is you have people that do six hundred kettlebell swings in a workout, they're not sore. Yeah. They're not tired. They're recovered. Mm-hmm. It's quite incredible. So where can people find you on Instagram? Mobility Maker. Mobility yeah. Maker. Um, mobility Maker on all platforms, and then that's my website, mobilitymaker.com. I like it. So I have some random questions for I you love now. Random questions that I that I that I ask people. Okay. Best baseball team in the world. There's one answer, by the way. Oh, I can't. I can't. I've... It's the Toronto Blue Jays. Best hockey team in the world. Oh, okay. Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Best football team in the world. Toronto Argonauts. Do you see a theme here? Do you see see like a pattern? Yeah, there is. There's a pattern. The best basketball team in the world literally right now? Yeah. Toronto Raptors. Ah. It's like a a thing I know you can't answer, but it's pretty cool that you get to work with all these people, which is awesome. technically I'm married to the Toronto Blue Jays. Did you know that? No. 
my husband is head of strength and conditioning for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh my, we became best friends. I yeah. want things. I want jerseys. <laughs> oh, I want like. And he oh, just babe, comes right so out. Sorry about that. We'll be like, hey. Uh, so the other question I I have okay. wanted to ask for a long time okay. is you're doing all the stretching in the airport. Yeah. How many dirty looks do you get? Like, do people kind of like side eye you and they're like, what is she doing? Or do you like, do you have to like yeah. find a secluded area? Do you have to find area? a secluded I always, area? It, I, I, and people tell me, I don't know how you find all these empty gates. Well, I walk. <laughs> I walk. Like, I walk around until I find it. Like, I don't. I, yeah, you're not, not doing this hard. on the security line, right? Right. No, I see You know, I give people side eye when two things bug me. And I know I have my shoes off now, but this is my hotel yeah. so it's <laughs> but i i hate when people take their shoes off at the airport in the, like shoes and socks off like they're wearing flip-flops or whatever and they mm-hmm. just toss them aside and now they've got their feet all over and i don't know it's weird i don't like that um and but they'll do it in these open areas like where people have to walk through and I don't want to watch you doing a pigeon stretch and mm-hmm. have to like maneuver my bag around you because you think you're more important than us. Yeah. You're yeah. not. Yeah. And I never want people to think that of me. And so generally there's really nobody around or if there are people around, I mean, I'm friendly and you have to be an asshole to give me side. Eye. I'm sorry, but like yeah. I, I, if you, if you make eye contact with me, I'm going to smile at you, you know? And so I've just had people who've come over and been like, how are you doing that? I need to do more of that mm. or something like that. Like, it's always been good exchanges. I wondered if it was like the push-ups in that because sometimes I'll go in the corner and do push-ups yeah, yeah. and people are like, yeah, couldn't miss your workout. Do you have a specific right. routine that you do when you're at an airport? Like something travel specific? Um, there are a few moves that I know that I do over and over, but it also depends. Like the one that I did... Gosh, today has been a long day. The one that I did this morning, which was like, what, 19 hours ago. Yeah, Yeah. because of the time change. Um, I I lifted heavy. It was like a heavy leg day um, two days ago. So I needed way more like attention to my hamstrings. And usually I'm focused more on what's going to happen on the plane. I'm mm going to be compressed through my sides. My hip flexors are going to be tight. But my quads were screaming at me. My glutes were tight. My hamstrings were like, what did you do? So I focused a little bit more on that. Um, But I don't have a plan. Like when I start to do it, it's, I just start to feel where I need to go. And I would imagine too, you don't need a plan. It's kind of like the thing, like the person who's never done mobility before, you need a plan. The person who I'm assuming after 20 plus years, you know what your body needs. It's kind of like me with training where I go into the gym and I'm like, you know, I need to overhead squat today. And I can articulate to you why, but I almost can't articulate it to myself. It's Mm -hmm. like, I know this is what I need for for this purpose. And then you would also know what you would need to do to build up to when you're going to do that, where someone else would need you know, the, the blueprint, they need to mm-hmm. know, how am I going to warm up for this? One of the themes that you like that's been coming from everybody we've worked with this week is like how terrible the advice is. Just listen to your body. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to listen to my body. That's why I'm like I am. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, well, just listen to yourself. It's interesting. This has been great. It's like, just breathe. Right. Just listen just to breathe. your yeah, body. Just, just breathe. breathe. If you don't have the, if you haven't been empowered with the information, then you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You 
Well, thank you so much. This has oh, been incredible. You. And, and it's really, I got to swear, but it's really fucking cool. Well, it's, like, been, it's been a long time since my mind has been so blown. Oh, yeah, and this is what happened so, to me. Thank you. Oh, great. This thank is you. Literally, if you would have saw me, I was up at the balcony we were sitting yeah. on, and I was like this, and I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then you start talking, and I'm like, oh, shit, phone away. I need notes. I, I missed it. I, I need help. I'm going to talk to her. Oh. It was like, it was like one of those things that I'm like, oh, because I am a bit of a hardhead. I'm from a small town up north, and then once you started talking, I'm like, oh, I found a secret. Mm-hmm. I need it and so now I'm like you need mobility you need breathing you need mobility I'm so glad see it's not it shouldn't be a secret I, that's what yeah. I tell yeah. people all the time um, and you said this too you said I, I like tangible things I like to give people tangible things and so when someone comes to a hands on with me one of the first things I say at the beginning of the hands on is I want you to walk out of here and own what you've learned. And that's yeah. so important mm-hmm. to me. This isn't, oh, I went to that thing and it was really cool. I saw this cool stuff, but I have no idea how to do it. No, this is breathing. You can yeah. all do it. So. Oh, and tell me one more thing because I think it's really cool. Right. I'm very envious of what you do, by the way. Okay. What are you doing this weekend? Why are you here in LA? Um, I'm are you allowed to talk about it or is yeah, this a course. secret? Okay, yeah, of course. It's not a secret. Um, no, I'm at, it's the inaugural uh, strength and conditioning conference at Kobe Bryant's Mamba Sports Academy. See, that's, so that's, presenting cool. that's there. Cool. pretty cool. It's like, how do I get on this invite list? Yep. <laughs> because he is one of my favorite athletes of all time. Oh, like from a work ethic standpoint, it's incredible. Like there was a video of him. I don't know if you knew this. He watches game film from his 60s. Oh, that's cool. Because no, he doesn't just want to watch game film from his time. Right. He wants to know what all the greatest players in the world were doing and learn from like Pistol He's a Pete. very cerebral person. Have you ever seen Pistol Pete? Uh, like Pete Sampras? Yeah. No, no, no. Pistol no, Pete Maravich, the, the, the basketball Pete, player. The yeah, basketball player. There's a movie, Pistol Pete. My Ooh. son has watched it. Oh, wow. Um, and it's black and white. It's awesome. I got to see this. You've mm. got to see Pistol Feet. You have to order it on Amazon. I'll check it out, but it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Pistol so Pete. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. This was awesome. Joey, another incredible episode with Dana. Uh, and, and the thing that I'm, I'm just going to say that I loved about that episode is tons of usable information. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, frankly for someone like me that prides themselves in breathing ability mm-hmm. uh i i've been doing some stuff wrong yeah, not gonna right. lie yeah so i mean you know i thought i had it figured out um this is why you have to seek out those who are uh, uh better than you in that in that area and it's, and it's I actually a lot. funny to me bobby because that's so like true to everyone we we just assume oh, yeah. that we know how to breathe we all assume that we know how to run with good form you know, we assume that we know how to move, and there are people out there who are experts in this that can actually help us do it better. Yeah, for sure. And and that's a good point you bring up because, I mean, I've been breathing since 1978. I mean, I suppose I've stopped a couple of times, mm-hmm. for, you know, as, as a result of getting KO'd in a fight. But yeah. it's something I would think I'm an expert on. I've taken millions of breaths, I would assume. Why would I need to know how to breathe? Well, I mean, if, I'm going to do the math on this real quick, because if we assume that you haven't been breathing correctly, uh, Dana said that's probably about 24,000 breaths per day. Wow. Times 365 times... Joe, I don't want to know this number. Don't tell me. It's 360 million. Wow. Yeah. 
So you'd so think, a lot of times, a lot of time to build up some bad habits. Yeah, it's insane. Really, I mean, when you think about it, but it shows you how how something that we think of every day might not necessarily be just an everyday thing, and we mm-hmm. can get help with it. Yeah, well, and, and so, she demonstrates how impactful just a little bit of mindful practice can really be. Yes, absolutely. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, This was an incredible experience for us. I love when we learn as well Mm -hmm. uh, and we can pass it on to you guys and we will see you for the next episode. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.